Hi, everybody. My name is Miles Ward. I'm CTO here at Sada, and this is Cloud and Clear. It's a podcast that we have built to really help you unpack and better understand Sada's customers, what's going on in the market, how, how things are working in technology. I have a super friend, like an actual international superstar on uh, as a guest today. Uh, one of one of my favorites, uh, you know, I, I get to use that label sparingly, but it's, it's one that I reserve for, for only the fuzziest among us. Uh, Kyle Moschetto is with me. Kyle, uh, you should introduce yourself. I'm not even going to take a partial stab at it. You do Ooh. it way better than me. Awesome. Well, thanks, Miles. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. Uh, hi, my name is Kyle Moschetto. No one can pronounce my last name, so I usually go by Camo. And I am the Director of Solutions Architecture here at SADA, which is just don, a fancy don, don. title. Don. Yeah, Director. Uh, which is just a fancy way of saying that I have the immense privilege of leading the team of crazy, awesome super nerds here at SADA that help our customers figure out their hardest and most difficult problems. Uh, super quick TLDR background on me. I was a U.S. Marine for 12 years where I built data centers in Die. deserts and jungles and on ships all over the world. So I can pretty much tell you everything there is to know about running a data center you would never want to run in an actual business construct. Um <laughs> You know, I, I know many techniques for removing sand from server racks and things like that. So, you know, yes. very applicable skills in today's market. I uh, also thought but, it was me removing tacos, but, you know, yeah, yeah. sand I mean, is, it's, sand it's is the same. You just crumple up the, the shells enough. It's all the same. <laughs> but that's given me a really interesting cons, uh, uh, background because since I got out of the military in 2013, I have been amazingly pr uh, lucky and privileged to work in companies that were very cloud forward. So I got to work for a big networking company that was investigating cloud technology. I got introduced to, you know, AWS back in the day when S3 was still the hotness. And, you know, Miles was there to invent S3, I think. But I either way, <laughs> I got to work in cloud. And I said to myself, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing in the world. If I could go back in time and tell myself, did you know in a couple of years, you're going to press a button and get a VM and you're not ever going to have to swap a hard drive again? I would have thought that was like waving Harry Potter's magic wand. Uh, but totally. here we are. And so I sort of wake up every morning to help customers figure out this cloud thing and, and use this amazing team of solutions architecture engineers that we have at Google to help solve those problems for customers and bring a, just a ton of value. So it's the best job in the world. I I like that Kyle thinks this is the best job in the world. I I, I am proud to say I'm the one who suckered him into taking said job. Both times, um, by the way. Uh, both times, that's right. So it's it's a it's a particularly like gnarly position, you have to imagine, right? It's like, you know, being a doctor when your patients are doctors, right? Or like being a lawyer in a law's office or like doing IT at a technology company. Those are those are tough gigs. If you're gonna take the spot as being in charge of solutions architecture for the guy who started solutions architecture at Google Cloud, that's gnarly, right? Like what, you know, <laughs> True story. What, what, True were, story. what were you thinking as you came in? Like, why, why have you set yourself up for this horrible life? <laughs> oh, uh, well, that is your perspective. I think this life is magical. Although, you know, the balance of this thing is always the, the last little bit that we we're tweaking on a daily basis. But uh, for those of you who don't know, Miles hired me as a solutions architect at Google Cloud proper before I came to SADA. Uh, I spent the last True. two years before SADA uh, doing the solutions architecture job at Google Cloud. And, and they're similar but different in, in a lot of ways. And the reason that I came over to work for Miles yet again is I love helping customers. I love getting my hands dirty and building teams of extremely competent and and awesome engineering resources and architecture resources who get to move very quickly, who get to dive in feet first for the customer and really like help them 
execute these really difficult things. Um, the, one of the the weird idiosyncratous things about working at Google Cloud is that you're not necessarily enabled to go hands-on keyboard with customers for all sorts of reasons, both legal and regulatory and all these other things. So I got to talk a whole lot for two years about how to do a proper migration to cloud or how to build a data warehouse or how to do all these crazy, cool, sexy things that Google Cloud allows you to do. But my opportunity to actually, you know, go execute them and see them through was significantly limited because the solutions architect role at Google is very focused on helping the most number of customers and then publishing those resources and focusing on getting on stage at Next and sharing these things, which are all, I mean, dream job, awesome stuff to do. But it doesn't leave you a ton of time to say, I'm going to go spend four months working with this one particular customer and helping them go start to finish on this particular project. And I honestly missed that. I, in my past, I have helped numerous companies and led their migration to cloud. Uh, I got to do a giant exit from a soft layer data center with the world's largest URL shortener onto GCP, which is where I fell in love with Google. And that kind of like led me into this space. So uh, it, this is the greatest job I have ever had, full stop, bar none. And I was a Marine for a long time. Just know that the, the love is deep on this. Uh, because that is deep. It is, yeah, it is <laughs> I, never I, I know a very moment. few Marines who would, would articulate yep. that sort of alternative. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's a, it's. I, I don't have to go many places uh, in, in terrible transportation stuff, but it's just there's, in this job, there is never a dull moment. There's always right. something to figure out and to solve and it's almost always something no one has ever done or yeah. no one has ever written down before. Right. Which sure. might as well be no one's ever done it if there's no record of it existing and, and actually happening. I, I love the uh, 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 XKCD comic where he's convinced that somebody has, uh, you know, solved P equals NP in some blender firmware someplace, <laughs> right? Buried in, in a home appliance, but it's not documented. So forget it. That's maybe his lost to time. That's right. It, you know, you're you're doing a great job of articulating, you know, what what we were off trying to do in solutions architecture on the Google side. And, you know, as the as the proud father of such a thing, um, it was very much the goal to make it so that um, the documentation was more applied, that rather than telling you all of the nuance and the details about the Legos, how about we actually like put a box of them in it with an instructions on how to assemble them into something that doesn't suck. And, uh, but if you go out to the market, you know, Lego makes quite a bit of money in toys, but there are like other toy companies that just sell toys that work and are fun. And there's a heck of a market for those too. So, um, our, our gig is slightly different. You've got uh, a bunch of kids out there that aren't very good at playing Legos. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's they a good it. metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they keep coming up with you know, increasingly Byzantine and terrifying contraptions made out of small rectangular plastic objects. And and so our, our job is to sort of help them make pretty spaceships. How has the difference between the way that I laid out kind of solutions architecture on the Google side, for better or for worse, and, and what you really know, and this is one of the spots that's been like most wild for me is like relinquishing you know, utter benevolent dictator for life, dominating control over the definition of the behavior of solutions architecture, right? Like I, I generally go like, Kyle thinks it's a good idea. You should probably do that. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you listening along at home, Miles <laughs> saying that he has relinquished control of solutions architecture. <laughs> I, I feel like most days I'm like constantly over here like, nope, Miles, I got it. Go away. No, um, no, go away. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, Get out of here. We're, we're going to be fine. Um, <laughs> it, 
it's just a, a very stark and distinct shift of what is the most essential thing to do. At SADA, we have a very, we're, we're very lucky in being able to say that the most important thing that we can do is provide the absolute most value to the customer and make them successful, which is wonderful. It, it is a freeing, mentally unburdening statement that we can make to say, do the right thing for the customer and all else will follow. You know, but Google, a company with hundreds of thousands of employees at this point, I think, or something to that effect, there are like 18 things that are essential all the time. And and balancing those is actually a lot of mental gymnastics and a lot of competing stakeholders, I think, where, you know, Miles, you had 100 solutions architects at Google that were doing literally the most amazing stuff that I've ever seen, right? People who were just alone and unafraid in the hinterlands of technology. All of those things make it a little more difficult to understand what the most impact that you can have for a customer is. I think to to your point, right? We published a great number of things, hundreds and hundreds of things at Google that showed exactly how to do a particular element. Um, And here, because we're not in that publishing pipeline in the same way, we're able to focus the vast majority of our time and effort into actual repeatable things that can be executed on behalf of specific customer examples. And that is awesome because it's not me in a lab creating a, you know, migrate for a compute engine or BigQuery job or TensorFlow model or whatever. It's not me doing those things at a lab. It is like on an actual customer engagement showing reality of what it looks like to implement this thing, running into the real world roadblocks and all those things. And it's both infinitely more challenging and infinitely less challenging at the exact same time. Uh, but but does provide a little bit more clarity of the difference between the two roles. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, sitting with some super huge companies and senior leaders in those companies and being the one that they met after they had interacted with several solutions architects from the Google side. And they'd go, hey, all those folks, they work for you? I'm like, yeah, like you have a great team. That is a killer team. Those are smart people. I'm like, thank you. I'm very proud of them. They're they're exceptional. And they go, how much does it cost to have them work in my office for three months? And I would, I would laugh roughly exactly yep. the way that Kyle laughs. You do not want to know, sir. The, the, the answer is like, no, we like not just we don't have a price for that. Like we don't do that. And and it's been, you know, a point of friction since the first day for me at Google. I'm the first customer conversation. They were like, you're great. We want you in on site for three months. And I said, boo, That's right. no, I'm not going to do right. that. And so having heard that, you know, there's this like customer centric thing where you do what customers ask you to do and you get asked for the same thing like several hundred times over the course of five years. At some point you're going like, I, I just want to do that. I, I want to get paid by a customer direct to go out and straighten out their stuff. And, and I think that that's a reasonable ask. It's not un, uh, unreasonable for them to say, hey, you wrote the fancy book that makes you sound all that smart. Why don't you get out here and like roll up your sleeves and show me what you're really working with? And, and I think having heard that request enough times, there is a subset of folks that are doing this kind of work who, who like that challenge, who, who want to go dive in and like, oh yeah, I, I'm ready to go, all right? Like, uh, you know, the, I have to publish something that's generic and abstract enough to allow multiple people to take value from it. But yeah, I want to come beat up your stuff and make things work. And so it, those people uh, and Kyle as a, a, a core example of those kinds of folks, I, I find them very fun. 
and very interesting and uh, they are good to have at parties and they generally enjoy uh, the things that I enjoy. So uh, I'm I'm happy to have been able to build a team out of friends of mine, basically. And uh, the result has been, I think, very effective, like for customers, right? If if the whole thing you signed up for was I want to go smack around customers and make it so that they're super successful, what has that worked like? You've been here for a while now. Like any places you can tell us about spots where customers have, have had a shining moment as a result of hands-on. Oh boy, um, yeah, I gotta I gotta pick specific ones now. Put me on the yeah, spot. Oh, I, I like this. It's tough. Uh, I'm I'm really proud of the sort of inroads that we have made with the Google's new Google Cloud VMware engine, yeah. where they came out with this GA new tool to make migration of on-premises workloads to GCP that are based on VMware very easy. But like all new products that come out of Google, you know, documentation is like version 1.0 alpha and probably needs a whole lot of stuff. And and it's difficult to, you know, find experienced people when a product is just launched. I think it's sure. a very common thing that, you know, like something goes <laughs> GA on Monday and we're asked to talk about it on Tuesday at an expert level. And we're like, Ah. Well, by, by Thursday, you know, the RFP comes out that says exactly. you need four exactly. years of experience in this thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I need someone with 20 years on Kubernetes. It's like I can't well. invent a time machine. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just one example where we've helped six customers now develop their own sort of configurations for this with a variety of different use cases. And when you when you think about something uh, and I'm going to physically and mentally put air quotes in here, you know, as basic as VMware. Uh, it's not. But when you think about something as basic as VMware moving to cloud, right, it sounds when you say it out loud like a very traditional, simple use case that, you know, how much change could there really be in that you're just going from one VMware to another? Well, let me tell you, there's a lot. And the way that people do backup and DR and security and networking and tunneling and using all of the native VMware features, we haven't had one that's a perfect match of another. And that's been awesome because it's helped our engineers learn a great deal about the technology. And it's a way that we can create, you know, a repeatable basis for delivering this to future customers that's based, again, 100% on actual customer engagements, actual customer experience. We're also doing an awesome amount of work with Anthos right now on customers and developing sort of that next generation. We're building, uh, you know, structured CICD pipelines that support not only Anthos, but, you know, GKE, all the things, and GCE and GCVE as like a cohesive unit. It. We're building new security assessments for customers that we've just finished a, a couple of those this week on developing entire assessments of a Go- of a customer's Google Cloud landscape. So we come in and have a 10-point security model that we analyze customers against and be able to tell them, you're great at this and you probably aren't so great at this. Maybe that's where you <laughs> want to invest your time and effort. Um, we just had to fix a, a really difficult problem with um, a, a customer trying to get some very specific blockchain-based technology to work. I, I'm not sure. going to mention names, but hey. it's really fun and kind of challenging and a different oh, yeah. tech set than most people are used to. And, you know, amazingly, it all comes back to the same stuff, right? Like co- container management is a thing. And also networking and DNS, you should probably not ignore uh, ever yeah. in the history of yeah. time. Yeah, so much stuff requires, you know, turning on computers. It's one That's of those, right. One That's of right. And, and the last thing that I'll say is, we've really locked in to a framework for customers that are exploring building data lakes and data warehouses on GCP. And the biggest concern that, you know, customers come to us all the time and no two customers are the same in the data warehouse, data lake space. Like, you know, two giant retailers in the same exact vertical space will be light years different from each other about how they set this stuff up. And so we, to, to Miles's Lego example that he used earlier, we basically got the like 
basic race car with the number one on the side of it, right? Like from there, you can strap a rocket to it and make it a really good race car, or you can put a submarine bubble on it and go underwater. You can do whatever, but we've really got a very, very reliable basic race car for customers to come in and really begin their journey on, you know, the data analytics, the data on GCP and, and how we've taken numerous customers from that pipeline all the way through a very mature, you know, end to end ETL pipeline and ML model validation and building. It's, it's been really fun and super challenging. We brought on a number of uh, solutions architects specifically in that space to come help design mm-hmm. the, the future states of this. And it's just, like I said, it's never a dull moment. We get to play with the best technology all day and make it instantly effective for the customers. Yeah, there's. I, I think if folks are listening, you know, what you're going to, you know, I hope you're taking away what I'm taking away. One, you know, there's a huge breadth of technology solutions and componentry that our customers expect from the platform. And as a result, the responsibility in solutions is just, it's enormously broad. And uh, the other piece that that I hope you're hearing that, that comes out of that for me is, uh, you know, how much of the work and how much of the benefit from this kind of advisory and counsel is about taking those first steps in a predictable and coherent and, you know, and like organized against rational best practices that have been borne out by actual experience in, in the use of these tools in, in a practical setting that, that I think make a big difference. We, we hear all the time, like, uh, you know, this is a bunch of, you know, this is new for us. It's risk. It's a transition. I just don't, I don't want my very first step to be on a landmine, right? And can you guys help and make sure that that, that works in that way? And so I think, uh, you know, Kyle has done a great job of, of having a very pragmatic uh, perspective for our customers where it's not, uh, you know, how do I get you aligned to the marketing message or how do I make sure that you're, you know, the, the, you, you follow the, the pretty architecture diagram that Miles made however long ago, we got to make sure you're aligned to this or it's just not going to be right. Like that's, that's one of the spots that I hope folks are hearing is this you know, very, very applied, very pragmatic, very nuanced to the individual opportunity and customer uh, creative work on their behalf. Um, so, you know, if, if those are places where we're, you know, where we're smashing today, where we're doing a good job and you feel like you've got a clear path forward, like what's next? What, what feels like it's on roadmap if there is such a thing from, from such a dynamic and reactive group? Uh, what isn't on the roadmap because yeah. it's a really critical piece of this. Um, we're really trying to do some great stuff around. Uh, let me, let me back up slightly on this. We've, we've seen a lot of trends that come out of companies that are looking to do this app modernization thing, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm obviously wearing my, do you even lift and shift shirt today, which is always do tongue you in even cheek. Lift and shift, yeah. yo. Uh, it, it's always tongue in cheek because, you know, lift and shift is easy, but it seldom gives you the value that you're going to get out of cloud. And so we, we mm-hmm. constantly kind of like nudge customers in that app mod space and say, you know, you should really go from VMs to containers and you do things not in improve, bash. Yeah, yo. exactly. Have you heard of this thing called Ruby or Python? You know, it's, it's, uh, anyway, I'm getting a little off topic, but we're really working to try and standardize ways to help the underlying infrastructure that companies rely upon to use their technology. So, you know, a CI/CD pipeline. How many ways are there to build a CI/CD pipeline in the world, let alone on Google Cloud? 11. There are, uh, yeah, there's 11 billion, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of times when customers are coming from an environment where they don't have a really solid pipeline in place, or they don't quite even know how to do things like 
DevSecOps or, you know, coherent testing. It, it seems like this insurmountable object to get over. And what I what we're building right now are ways where whether you're on VMs or containers or even along like serverless cloud functions, how do you update those in a consistent manner? So internally, you know, Google has this idea of uh, X application development, meaning you can develop on any, anything all the time with the same pipeline. And we're trying to make a simple version of that for customers. We're also trying to really get uh, beyond corp and the zero trust model that Google has developed, including their identity or proxy and all the rest of the stuff as a really repeatable consumable thing that we can provide to customers using again best practices across numerous success stories and that's just more on the like cutting edge stuff and then internally how do we get really really efficient at doing the lift and shift stuff for customers what's the appropriate tool chain i mean we 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 migrate tens of thousands of vms for customers every year um we may hit that hundred thousand mark this year i'm I'm gonna challenge myself for that one yeah you know six digits of vms to gcp in 2021 Uh, so many cores in the so many all the gbs all the cpus that's right and so just nailing down those processes i think another piece of this is our large enterprise migration strategy we've helped a number of large large enterprises you know like many, many millions a year move over to GCP. And the question becomes then now, how do you standardize that so that when you go into any company, you have the general framework, right? Um, you know, I, I helped write the Cloud Center of Excellence white paper at Google around how we actually recommend you do this. But again, it's, it's a lot of theory and it's not a lot of prac app and lessons learned and rules, which we have in spades at SADA. So we're trying to convert mm-hmm. that into actual products for customers as well. The more abstract, the better too. I mean, CCAI sure. is coming along with our emergent solutions team. We're looking into much more stuff around ML and AI and repeatable solutions for customers, especially across industries. So, you know, looking at retail and marketing analytics and how to create the most repeatable processes that are based on absolute customer examples of success, not just architecture, right? Yeah. And turning those into repeatable solutions. Uh, that we can, you know, just click to add. Well, I think there's a there's a lot of spots where, uh, I mean, like I'll, I'll give I'll give a metaphor. Like uh, my wife and I were moving into this townhome in Santa Barbara, four stories, right? Like super tall, had a rooftop deck, it was really fun. And uh, and I'm thinking about our furniture, and I'm thinking about the spots that it's going to go, and we're moving from from kind of this flat house to this very vertical house, and so it, like. Immediately, you know, I, I know how to lift and carry furniture. I'm sort of ogre shaped and I, I know what I would do. I would like, you know, pick up the furniture and carry it up the stairs and stuff it into the different places. So I'm like downstairs wrapping rags around the banisters and railings and stuff because I'm sure a moving company is just going to come in and bang things all the way up my stairs until they're in the various locations. And I haven't even like said hi to the moving guys. And they have already gone up the stairs, out the deck, and have parked the truck under the deck and have a guy standing on the roof of the truck. And so they hand stuff from the box to the roof up the deck through the door, completely bypassing my stairs in a hyper-intelligent manner of routing (laughs) around the friction, right? And and I was like, you know, if someone had whispered to me two months earlier, what they're going to do is stand on top of the truck. It totally works great. Like how much of one of my prep effort or sort of extraneous crap that's just utterly not useful in this new paradigm would I have uh, not taken on? How, you know, how much better an impression would it make of the overall process of moving generally? If somebody tells you it's gonna, not going to be so bad, they're just going to throw it over to the deck. So that kind of uh, end, you know, moving is one of those things that all of us do like, you know, at least several times in our lifetimes, right? Like 
you know, but, but moving cloud providers, most teams, maybe individual participants, but most teams as a group have never done before. Correct. And will never do again. That's right. Because the tech is going to change so much and the team is going to change so much. It's going to be an utterly different thing when that happens. So the value of the moving company worth of advice that says it's just, it's just going to, we're going to go over the deck. That, that is so much more valuable and so useful for companies that are doing this stuff um, that, that it's, you know, I, I hope that the value is self-evident. Um, and and I'm, I'm really happy that to hear from you, Kyle, that you're thinking through not only being able to, you know, uh, revise and refine and improve the accuracy of our predictability and consistency in some of the basic foundational first steps for customers, but also like, you know, laying new pavement and expanding the, the art of not the possible, but the art of the predictable uh, for, for, for most of our customer projects. Um, you know, not every one of our customers interacts with a solutions architect. It's just sort of like a part of the boogie. Like what, what should they, you know, why, why does somebody end up talking to one of you? What, what have they done horribly wrong to make it so that they end up on the phone with you? And, uh, and, and then what should they expect as a result of an interaction? Yeah. Great, great question. So Solutions architects are called in when the customer needs assistance in something related to the technology of cloud. So let's use a really traditional example of I've got this database on-prem and I want to potentially move that database to Cloud SQL, let's just say. But I don't really have a lot of experience with Cloud SQL and I need some help. So I need some professional services. I need you know to hire some really smart people to come in and help me move this thing. Uh, or to do a particular thing, you need to write some new code or build a new pipeline that helps you do something. But generally speaking, my team gets brought in when the customer has already identified that they probably do not have the skills. Well, the skills, the time, or the effort required to accomplish the thing in the deadline, right? They may have plenty of people who are, you know, smart enough to do this and figure it out or do this every day, but nobody just has people sitting around, especially in IT right now, that are just twiddling their thumbs waiting for work, right? Everybody is fully engaged in in the work from home paradigm that we have, right? No one, no one is bored. And so, that's how you kind of get into contact with the solutions architect at SADA is our pre-sales engineering team identifies that the customer needs some professional services help. And one of my solutions architects will come in to help talk to you about what you want to do. And we we target the skill set. If you're going to build uh, you know, something in the data analytics space, we bring in a data engineering focused solutions architect to talk to you who's done this before, quite frankly. And we want to your moving metaphor, Miles, we want the very professional moving crew to come talk to you about what you're about to get into and explain, you know, don't bother to tape the stairs. We're going over the deck. And yeah, that seems crazy, but trust us, we've done it like a hundred times before. And that's generally how you get access to us is just raise your hand and say, we're going to need some assistance to do this thing. Or even like, can you just show us doing it right the first time? And then my team will take it from there. Those are my favorite engagements when we're like training and teaching customers how to self-sustain later on, you know, teach them to fish in the classic metaphorical sense. That's the best, uh, you know, lots of partnership, lots of teamwork, lots of value add happening when we do those sorts of things. And then, you know, to answer your question of what a customer can expect once we get in the door and start talking to you is we are super action oriented on the SA team. We want to move safely, but quickly to help you do the basic things, right? Like kick the tires once, then take the scooter for the ride around the block. And then Many steps later, I'll hand you the keys to the Lamborghini and you can go tearing down the freeway at 180 kilometers an hour, right? Like, why wouldn't you? Uh, But that's really the key element is 
we tend to find that customers come in and, you know, they're like, we want to do this giant migration of all these VMs and all these databases and build all these pipelines. And they're like, when can we start? I'm like, well, how about we just move one VM, right? And build a foundation on top of that and then make like one gigabyte of data move over, not the petabytes that you have. And, and, and that's how really our team likes to operate is we're going to talk to you for hours if necessary to fully understand the problem. And then we're going to use the, um, you know, human ML model of our experience to say, I think that we should do it this way. We'll give you a proposal. And then from there, we come execute. We bring our engineers in to help, you know, do the work and put hands on keyboard. And the solutions architects are always involved in sort of a oversight supervision capacity. Yeah, I think I think that's a spot where, um, you know, I'll, I'll reiterate, you know, a lot of there's a lot of misconception about what it's like working with a team that has this kind of capability. And, you know, I get asked quite a bit by customers, like, what's your model? Like, do you, you know, do you do everything? Do we do everything? Are you, you know, advice only, no hands on, like, what, what is your thing? Right. And we, and we go, yes. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Uh-huh. Another part of that is they go, okay, fine. You do everything. Sure, sure. Whatever. But what's best. Right. And, and you go, what? You know, let's talk about you for a little bit and figure out, you know, where, where you're actually at and, and what, what your biggest, you know, gaps and points of friction are. And that'll help, right? Like there are plenty of companies that I've worked with where some of this has to just to do with getting to, uh, you know, uh, Rudy Valdez, who's one of the fathers of this whole concept at Amazon, actually, it was one of, it was on the hiring loop for me into the role for solutions architecture he, he, I asked him, you know, what's the SA job about? He says, oh, it's about establishing technical credibility. And I, and I always liked that answer a bit, but I, I always wanted to like deliver results as a, as a, as a part, you know, as, as a function of having technical credibility, right? Like I, I don't want to be credible. I want to be impactful. And, and so, you know, doing solutions architecture at SADA allows us to be applied in, in a way that I think others have been sort of forced to be theoretical but that that drive means that for customers what they actually need does vary and and i think it's a spot where having a more you know get, doesn't feel like a cookie cutter doesn't feel like it's something that just sort of comes out of a package um you know being us being able to to carefully coordinate like some of this you're going to shadow us on some of it you just you're tired you just need us to take this ball over the right, finish line right. fine we will do it like um you know a little more collaboration with customers as partners, as opposed to some specific saleable vending token of, of action, I think goes a long way in meeting them where they are and taking them to what's next. Yeah. And I mean, you know, from a pre-sales perspective, and we're talking about delivering professional services to customers, the first thing that we really focus on with everybody is tell me what your actual business objective is here. Like, what are you trying to accomplish at the end of the day? Right. Because if a customer says, I want to move this database, it's like, great. There's a, like five ways you could probably move this MySQL database up into Cloud SQL or run it yourself or pay somebody else to run it for you. There's all these options. But what's the goal that you're trying to get here? Is it financial? Is it re- resilience and stability? Is it, uh, you know, operational simplicity? Like, what are the actual business goals that you're trying to achieve? And then from there, we sort of plan into the right decision. And it always helps us understand the why, right? If we know the why, we can help give you a good opinion. And I think that's Maybe if I have to really, really summarize it down about the value that solutions architects are bringing to customers is that we are going to give you really well-informed opinions of what you should do. 
and and we are basing that off of our many 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 years of experience and the collective knowledge of our engineering teams and you know the understanding of what your business objectives are in order to say if it were me and my job was on the line or my OKR was in threat of being achieved or not achieved, this is exactly what I would do. And here's the plan that I would do for that. That's really the value that we're, we're providing is to say, I I get it, right? And just like what you said earlier too, Miles, there's very few people who have this experience of moving to cloud, even if it's one workload, right? Most IT professionals that are in this space are working for larger or medium-sized enterprises. You know, that they have their particular thing that they are managing or maintaining or monitoring or keeping the lights on for the health of the business or developing intellectual property and internal technology, that they're just never going to do this all the time. Whereas I get to be the moving company in the example who does this every single day. And I'll tell you which straps are best to, you know, pick up a piano and which pads we should use for the furniture and why we should not at all take the stairs with your giant bed or whatever, right? And use that to be a trusted advisor for the customer. And, you know, we we are fully partnered with all of our customers. We're always here to help support them through a variety of support models in addition to professional services. And it's not like we're going to tell you, yeah, you should go up the stairs and then we're going to walk away and, you know, not be around anymore. With all right. the professional services engagements, the solutions architect that is there to scope the deal is going to be there for the kickoff calls, going to be there for the closeout right. calls, going to be talking to those engineers almost every day to make sure that, Everything's going okay. And, you know, just like if something's not, we parachute in and come help and put hands on keyboard and get stuff back on track. And that's the best part of this is, again, everything is focused on making sure the customer is successful in what they want to accomplish. And we will bend our will to that problem every day. Well, that's that was the it's the root of of the theory of the case. Right. Why why it is that we're approaching it in this way as opposed to the other way is that. If I'm not there in the back half to see how this goes, I don't make my guidance in the front half any better. I remember the thing that I told those other people the last time. They seem to like it. So I tell it to them again. Instead of I remember a thing that worked and it delivered the benefit we expected. And that's what I'm going to tell you about. So. That's a, that's a big big difference and a place that I you know I hear back from customers positive feedback about the way that this organization functions and and the results that it's been able to deliver. Um, you're you are not alone in this crazy journey. Like who you know how how has this worked? Like interacting across SADA and you know around the different teams. Like who who have you leaned on the most? Who's been most helpful in the spin up for all this? Oh boy. Um- I'll start by saying I don't think that I have just gone with the flow in my time yeah. at Sada. I have yeah. uh, probably politely, I will refer to myself as kind of a, a wave maker, a pot stirrer, if you will. We, we, we have a leadership of corporate value called be a change agent. And I, yes. I would say Kyle embodies this principle. Yeah, if I was going to stack in, rank, in that a, one would be the in top. In a strong way, yeah. And, and there have been a, a huge number of people that have – uh, been enablers to me in the most positive sense of the word that I, I will certainly shout out here. Uh, number one is Chris Lehman, who runs our entire professional services organization, who, God love him, he has basically been like, Kyle, just go do what you think needs to be done here, and I will support you at every step of the journey. And he has given me speed of trust and been the the, the best boss, uh, no offense, Miles, uh, that I could have asked for here in in true partnership to make things better. Yeah. 
And then on the pre-sales engineering side, we have Simon Margulies, a incredibly handsome, well-spoken, attractive gentleman who just, he's a stellar human being, uh, who has really been working with me day in and day out to constantly balance these like two opposing forces of the pre-sales and post-sales. And for anyone who's listening, who has worked in professional service before, there's always kind of this, this gentle tug each direction, right? Where we're constantly kind of like checking and balancing each other in like the best way. Right. And it, I'm sure that it could be some contentious thing, but you know, Simon calls me and says, A, B, C, one, two, three. And oh no, I, I've been I've yeah. been around and seen other how other partnerships work, and te- it is yeah. typically a bloody knife fight full of yeah. extreme <laughs> violence. And you two have the like most adorable kumbaya thing going on. It's so great. It's pretty awesome. It is super duper awesome. And then uh, on the other side, on the like execution side, the management and leadership team, uh, Scott Vandenplas, who I found out after working here was literally my inspiration for getting into cloud like 10 years ago uh, between him and Miles um, has been a, a great mentor and leader of the entire engineering organization. Uh, oh, yeah. Sharif and Sarah on the project management and resource Ooh. management side have Heavies. become intense allies to me. And Noreen in our marketing department has helped in customer stories uh, and publishing of blog posts and all these things. And just, you know, I don't say this lightly. This, this organization is awesome and the leadership teams that we have and the people who are responsible for the day-to-day health and well-being of both the employees and this business are ridiculous uh dana our coo is the most competent salesperson you get him on a call with a customer in a period he's he's so masterful and at the same time we'll happily deliver you a doctoral level dissertation on the pnl that we are meeting or not meeting our goals on in one way or shape or form and make you like happy about not meeting your goal in some way uh it's it's truly masterful then of course tony our ceo is just uh the definition of a polite approachable uh professionally eccentric in the best possible way leader who just wants to be awesome and help add value to the customer and will stop at nothing to do that and it's so cool to have someone so driven leading this organization. So I can't, I, you know, it's almost like, who do I not want to thank? But generally speaking, it's, it's a super fun ride. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree with you. I've had a bunch of fun and, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things as someone that's kind of early to the party, you're like, oh, this is a great party. Everybody should come check this party out. It's a lot of fun. And, and you're sort of hoping like you got fingers crossed. I, I like it, but I'm weird. Like, I hope everybody else likes it the way that I like it. And and so it's been great when people have come in the door and the, the music doesn't stop. It keeps playing and everybody mm-hmm. gets to boogie. Um, Kyle, I, I really appreciate all the hard work and the transparency for the audience and helping them sort of think through what this is all going to look like. Uh, I don't say this lightly because a big part of what I came uh, to the company to do was to be able to make and keep these big promises for customers. And I feel uh, very, very safe having you be the one that's executing in these high pressure, high complexity, high, high stakes scenarios with some of the biggest companies in the world, keeping some of my big promises to them. So thank you for the hard work and the tenacity and the the focus on outcomes for them. Good job. Cool, man. Well, happy to provide it. And I, I, I will close out by using this metaphor to describe for everybody else listening at home is you want to know what it's like to potentially work in professional services at SADA, I want you to think about the complexity of any SpaceX rocket launch. We are basically about five feet off the pad, engines burning at full bore, 
you know, skin in our face is being pulled back. But you've got a margarita in your hand, too. And there's a little umbrella in it. The edges are on fire, but it's a good margarita. And everyone around you is like, with that margarita at the same time. And, And it's the most terrifying rewarding amazing experience surrounded by people who are also in that same exact rocket ship and you know nothing can go wrong otherwise the rocket kind of explodes but everyone is doing their job at behind the counters and and you know in the control room and in the shuttle and I don't know, this metaphor is getting away from me but you get the idea <laughs> it's it's awesome and i feel incredibly privileged to be here and be part of this team so thanks for having me on miles and enough kumbaya uh yeah, yeah. i'm uh, ready to go help some more customers yeah forget forget all this talking let's let's go build some stuff awesome yeah kyle thanks a bunch everybody thanks for tuning in cheers Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.